It is Tuesday, January 19th, 2021, and this is the Tommy C. Show, a think tank for logic and truth that are sewn into the fabric of our liberties. Hey, thank you for tuning into the show that's become a popular resource for patriotic truth and action. The show that now has a new website, therealtommyc.com. That's right, therealtommyc.com. You go there, you will find uh, all of my old blogs and articles. You'll find a number of tabs uh, hopefully you find helpful uh, there. The Our government tab I spoke about yesterday on social media is a really important one. I think that of all the tabs that you might want to look at on my website outside of the articles if you're interested is the Our Government tab. That tab has real-time feed to any bills that are working through their process um, in the United States government. So if there's something the president's waiting to sign or that's in the House or the Senate, it has tracking of that bill and where it's sitting. There's also a number of, if there aren't any bills currently active, it'll just show an error. Uh, there is also uh, direct feeds in there to the Library of Congress, uh, their most recent posts and articles, as well as SCOTUS, uh, the Supreme Court, and any recent news or updates uh, coming from them, and links to find your representatives to contact them. So it's really an all-inclusive, a really great resource, one stop, one place, to find all three branches of our government, what's new and active and going on in real time. So I encourage you to look at that, uh, therealtommyc.com. You can select the government tab, our government tab. Uh, there's a number of other uh, tabs there as well to contact, reach out, find me on social media, or send me messages. Contribution tab, which I'm very grateful for those who are able to help support the show. And, of course, all of the articles and other things that go along with the show. So, hey, what I want to start today is to talk about a lot of <clears throat> the continued rhetoric that's gone on about Parler being used to plan the insurrection. i got to tell you, that is the most pathetic insurrection in the history of the country, if not the world. Um, they, they make this sound like this was this great organized act. When I mean, the rhetoric, first off, let's back up. Parler was only one source of people coming together and uh, making their claims of violence or hatred or whatever you want to call it. Because I, again... I've, I've talked about this before. I didn't see any direct threats of violence on there myself. But, of course, I'm not looking at the millions and millions of, of posts that are on there every day. But at any rate, there were three times as many images and videos on January 6th that were uploaded to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and DLive and, and, and uh, Twitch and all these other ones. YouTube, you name it. Twitter had the most of any platform. Twitter had hundreds more than even Parler. Yeah, you, you put them all together, and it dwarfs Parler in terms of what was uploaded. So, I mean, the Parler's taking the fall for this is is just terrible. But we know why. It's because Parler's mostly conservatives. So it's a good place for the left to go and punish just conservatives or something like this. It's unfortunate because it's again the damage. I mean, the the flyers that circulated about um, occupying the Capitol were circulated and started on Facebook and Instagram. But what we have to accept is, regardless of what platform this was spread on, the common denominator in the rhetoric is from right wing extremists for the most part, and that's what I'm going to call them because they are. And if this if this had happened the other way around, the shoe were on the other foot. We'd be saying that about the left. 
so we we often get on the left about not um, condemning their violent actors, their bad actors, their bad behaviors with regards to um, BLM and Antifa. So I think it's important that we do acknowledge that, and most have, and continue to, and we need to continue to, because if we are going to get our footing back and and be able to take hold again and start working forward towards some progress, we we can't do it as long as we are held under the same association with a radical or violent fringe uh, that acted in a way that was completely asinine, unlawful. It was not the act of an organized insurrection. It was an act of emotions getting the better of people uh, once they were in a position to act on those emotions. It was that more than any planned insurrection. But again, we we own it. We do own it. Uh, at least the extreme ends of our of our party own it. And because of that, and because of that association, we do too. You know, the, the left. One of the things that I've I've heard the last couple of days that I shake my head at is they keep talking about how they toppled a dictator with Trump now you know leaving office tomorrow. He didn't topple any dictator. Number one, Trump was far from a dictator. He was the least dictator you know dictatorial of any president we've had in the last 20 years probably 25 30 years uh, and you didn't topple him he was removed by a vote which is the way we remove politicians in this country so the the rhetoric that keeps getting ramped up again emotions are high the left has been waiting four years to um, be able to throw this in our face i guess regardless of how the election went or how legitimate it may or may not have been, this was coming either way. Um, everything with the left is extreme. Any thoughts that do not line up exactly with what they are thinking and what they want are automatically an extreme response. If, if you don't agree with what their policies are on the economy and, and, and you know society, it's you're a dictator you're you're an extremist you're a racist you're a nazi there's no middle ground there's no reasoning with that kind of defective mentality and because that mentality is so defective and we can't reason with it there's no way to bring about any unity with that you cannot you cannot have unity with people you can't even begin to have a conversation of reason with and that's where we're at now i have to tell you as this this rolls into a, a new presidency part of me has just been sitting here hell-bent thinking how how great it's going to feel to be obstructive for the next four years and give them right back what they gave us to, to obstruct them at every single point and do everything we can to defy everything that they want to put forward and then i step back and i go what did we complain about for the last four years that they just obstructed everything we tried so while there's that juvenile side of me and it says yeah let's just obstruct them let's give them right back what they gave us there's a part of me you know a reasonably thinking human being that goes at what point in time does that cycle ever end do we just go four years obstructing them and they go four more years obstructing us and it just keeps repeating itself over and over again? The country can't sustain in that kind of environment. It's it's terrible. It's unhealthy. We have to find common denominators. Now, I'm not saying we have to go out and buy into their policies. I sure don't. 
Um, we have to go in and believe in what they want to want us to believe in. But what I'm saying is there are things we do have common denominators. We do. I, we all see. Uh, for the most part, do see China as a problem, especially after the pandemic. You know, we, the economies uh, needs mending and healing after businesses have been closed. There's there's common threads regardless of what our politics are. And those are things that we're going to have to work together to try to find solutions to. We might not all agree on what the solutions are, but we have. That's where we have to be able to have the reasonable dialogue to get to some place where we have a solution or multiple solutions that will work rather than just looking and saying, no, I'm not going to, not going to bother listening to you because you're a liberal, or I'm not going to bother listening to you because you're a conservative. That, where do we go? I mean, we will never get anywhere in this country ever again if that is our barometer of how we're going to, um, the, you know, the gatekeepers for conversation. So, just keep that in the back of your head. I, you know, I think it's, I'm looking forward to obstructing a little bit here with uh, the way we've been treated, uh, but we can't sustain on that forever. Uh, something else I want to bring up today that I've seen online. Uh, some people have sent me some images from Twitter and such. Uh, the left making a big deal about Trump signing all kinds of executive orders before he leaves office. It's just more duplicity. It's more uneducated, misinformed nonsense out there. Yes, Trump has signed with his three orders yesterday. That will now be seven executive orders here in January. That's not unprecedented. Barack Obama in 2017 uh, signed seven executive orders uh, in his last week to 10 days before leaving office and, and President Trump coming on board. Uh, Bush in, in 2009 uh, signed five executive orders his last week uh, before Obama took office. Clinton in 2001 signed 12 executive orders in his last week or so before he left office. So Trump signing seven is no more or less than Obama and it's, it's average or less than what's been done in the last 20 or 30 years really. So Again, this goes to this hatred for Trump, and he's nefarious, and he's putting these executive orders forward. It's it's nothing nothing new. It's nothing that every president hasn't done in the past. But this goes in both sides. It goes to this immediate jump to emotional hype, combined with the lack of patience in wanting to take time to research simple information. I saw those tweets uh, about the executive orders. It took me less than five minutes to do a simple search on DuckDuckGo and go uh, list. I just I started with Obama. It said Barack Obama executive orders by date, something like that. And I, it took me to a website that has a record of all executive orders by president, basically. So it was great because it's everything I needed in one spot. From there, it took me, uh, you know, less than a minute to do screen grabs of by the years, the inaugural years of how many there were so that's the kind of thing that everybody needs to do though i mean it's this immediate need to get emotional and hyped up uh, it's it's got to stop we have to get back to critical thinking it's it's so simple to do in many cases this what i just shared with you is just one example uh, and i used this example earlier uh, today on social media so if you're standing outside and your shoes are on fire and there's a bucket of water to your left and to your right as a politician claiming, yeah, this is bad. I'm going to make sure that we never have shoe fires ever again. 
who are you going to pay more attention to? That politician talking about shoe fires never happening again, or are you going to grab the bucket of water, think for yourself, and put your shoes out, and put them on fire, and throw the bucket at the idiot politician? You know, it's that we have to get back to being able to think for ourselves rather than needing other people to think for us. Now, I say that in somewhat, I, I guess I cut my own throat because I know a lot of people look, you know, look up to me and look to me for information. And I love that. I love being a resource for people who they feel they can trust with information because I'm always going to give you good information. I'm going to give you information that I've personally researched and that I've researched from sources that I believe to be reputable, often more than one source. And I'm going to give you perspective on both sides. I always do. Some of you are familiar, are very familiar with that on social media. I do not hesitate to call out our own side on bad information. As a matter of fact, I'm harder on our own side. I do that for a reason because I expect more out of our side. So we've got to get back to that place of, of taking time to think. I mean, everything you see and hear and read should go through that same shoes on fire kind of thought process of what what am I seeing? What does this mean? What's next? What I mean, you have to be able to dissect these things for yourself. You know, I the sun is going to come out tomorrow. You know, Trump is going to leave office tomorrow morning. There's not going to be any magical sea monsters that save the day. It's just, it's done. His term is over. And it's unfortunate. I spent a lot of time on that in my last show, so I'm not going to beat it to death now. But the sun is going to come out tomorrow. The sun is going to set tomorrow. Most of you are going to go to work tomorrow. Your kids are going to go to school tomorrow, or you're going to work and do school from home, uh, depending on your circumstances with the pandemic. There are going to be no major changes to your life based on the, the socialists taking office tomorrow. There's going to be no radical changes that happen right away. This is going to be time. It's a progressive slide into some of these problems. You have to also keep in mind that our Senate is very partisan. It's 50-50 split. And yes, they technically have majority because they have the VP tiebreaker. You're not going to have a VP tiebreaker on every piece of legislation that comes across the Senate. It's just not going to happen that way. Um, so the Senate is very partisan. It's very split. The House has more conservatives than it had even in the last Congress. So that's even more partisan and split now, too. It's going to be a battle. And while they have a majority, it's not. It's a simple majority. It's, it's not an overwhelming majority, and it's certainly not a supermajority, which is what they would need uh, in order to pass larger amendments, um, you know, things like uh, changing or not amendments, but larger legislations like, uh, you know, being able to, I believe, draft and change justices to the Supreme Court and things like that. I think they're not going to be able to do it with their, their current count. They're going to try. I think we're going to see some things that they're going to try, but uh, they're not going to be immediately successful. And those things take time. And that's where I've said in the past, the, the legislative branches of our state, the state legislatures, are so critically important. The state legislatures have Article 5 powers. With the Article 5 powers in the Constitution, the only thing that states cannot change about the Constitution of the United States is basically, in, in modern times, the equal representation of senators. There's some other things in there, a couple other things that are older had to do with uh, rights of slaves and things of that nature that are outdated now. But 
is they can as long as equal representation in the Senate, every state has equal representation, whether it's two or four or six or eight senators in each state, as long as they have equal representation, uh, they can't change that. But the House is not protected in any way in terms of how those are, you know, the, the numbers per state, the way it's uh, districted, I suppose. But more than that, and this goes for senators as well, this is something they can change. The states have a collective power in Article 5 of the Constitution, if enough of them get together, to draft an amendment to put term limits on the Congress. Congress can't do anything to stop it. The judiciary can't do anything to stop it. If the states call a convention of the states, which it has its own problematic um, possibilities to it, and we'll spend more time talking about that in, in future episodes, but they can do it. And right now, it doesn't hurt them to get together and make that, to, to pose that to the federal government, to make that threat and say, we have this power and we have the numbers and we can do this. And we're going to look into exercising this. If you don't pull back your overreach and your suppression of conservatives and uh, the other really repugnant things that are happening in our society, there is no harm in our states doing that. And that's why it's really important to talk to your state legislators. Listen, 23 states, I believe, have the trifecta, which is a Republican governor and Republican majority in both chambers of their state uh, Congress, their state legislatures. Uh, that's huge. Those states can already now be working on election reform laws, they can, on election integrity laws. There's so much they can begin doing now. Your voices need to be in, in touch with those legislators and those governors in those 23 states. In 30 states... We have red, uh, both chambers are red. Um, so the legislature, the governors aren't in those states, but those 30 states, we have red legislatures. And that's what matters when it comes to a convention of the states. The governors don't matter. I've talked about this before. Um, I podcasted at length about it. But it's the state legislatures that, that matter. We need to be demanding that these state legislatures look at election integrity laws and that they posture up against the federal government and the Congress to remind them that they have these Article 5 powers and they can do these things. So, folks, just keep your heads on straight the next couple of days. Take time. Do your research with things. Stay safe. Stay smart. I think it's going to be a wild ride the next couple of days. There's going to be emotions. are going to be high. There's going to be people that, that haven't, you know, I don't think any of us really accept that Biden is the president. We acknowledge it. But there's a group out there that hasn't acknowledged it, hasn't, they haven't reasoned with it. They're still convinced that there's some magic that's going to happen in the next 24 hours. And it's going to be a hard fall for them. Uh, and hopefully we can get them to not only refrain from acting in a manner that's counterproductive to us, but also get them back to thinking so that they are positive resources in our fight as we go forward. Because we've got a lot of work to do. But there's a lot of change we can bring in the next two years and regain control of the Congress in its entirety and work back towards that presidency again. It, it's just, it's what we have to do. And that's all I have for today. If you'd, enjoy the, if you'd enjoyed the show, I'd appreciate it if you share it with your friends and family. If you're watching me on Rumble, if you hit that Rumble button, I'd appreciate it. Share the video. If you're listening to me on Apple or Spotify or Anchor or any your preferred listening platform, if there's a way to rate me on there, I'd appreciate a strong review. 
Again, if you want to go to my website, therealtommyc.com, you can find ways there to interact with me more or contribute to the show if you're able to. And that's all we have for today. So, friends, it is time for all of us to passionately take action, and we the people have a proud history of doing just that.